Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. My name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Collicott. With new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month, catch Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com. Welcome, friends. You're listening to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind podcast. My name is Imran. Thank you very much for your time and your company. Very much hope you uh, enjoy the episode that we have planned for you guys today. We release episodes on the first and third Mondays uh, of every month. And uh, these pod- this podcast series is really about uh, the three of us uh, celebrating the things that we kind of grew up a huge fan of and um, the things that we, you know, the things that continue to inspire us today. I think I've... Um, I've come to reference these these uh, podcast series as us celebrating the things that we can't leave behind. Um, you can find us at many uh, different places, wherever you currently hear your podcasts or wherever you're currently listening to us now. We're on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Radio App, iTunes, Stitcher, etc. But more than anything, we would love for you to check us out at our, our home on uh, foreverinelectricdreams.com where you'll find uh, the full catalog of our podcasts as well as uh, a series of um, inane ramblings to support the things that we talk about and uh, some articles in support and to further what we discuss on these episodes today. So uh, I said, my name is Imran. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. I'm joined. We have the click on mass today. We have uh, Dan in the, in the, uh, the red corner. How are you, Dan? I'm good. Cheers. Very good, very good. Uh, Tej in the blue corner. How are you, sir? What was uh? No, I'm good. I'm good. God, that was well. <laughs> I positioned it. Jeez, that <laughs> <laughs> was well out of 90, 98. I think that was. I was going to do my Hello. best to gloss right over it, but that's okay. Though we we can yeah. talk about it. That's like... <laughs> sorry. Let me do it over. Uh, let me do it over. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <man. laughs> I'm not editing it out, by the way, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on after the longest intro ever we have the weirdest hello sorry okay now that i am it. <laughs> um today's moving swiftly on uh today's episode uh i gotta say i'm, I'm really excited about this one um today's episode is gonna be firstly shout out to Tej for this topic because it's a great topic so we're each gonna go around the table so to speak and uh discuss um who our absolute favorite on-screen uh character is in in film um there's there's loads of little nuances we could do to to kind of uh to explain our 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 reasoning or what we're picking are we picking our favorite are we picking the person that we identify with the most whatever your your reasoning and logic is go with it totally cool um but uh yeah i'm i'm excited i don't know who any of you guys are picking and i'm really excited about that so let's go to Tej first i think this was your this was your topic it's a great topic so uh let yeah kick us off dude cool all right so (laughs) i'm gonna go with a character who is a bit of a cult hero um probably not one that a lot of people will go oh yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense or may even know, but um, I'm going to go for one of my all-time favorite characters as Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China. Wow. <laughs> this is so weird because literally I, I was sat there thinking, is he going to go snake piskin? 
Uh, <laughs> I, knew you, I knew the actor. I knew the actor you were going to pick. I was just trying to think which film. And which I, film? I, you did. It you has, yeah, me. it had to be. I mean, oh, I, I, so, my, so my justification. So Big Trouble in Little China, cult classic, uh, John Carpenter, kind of martial arts, uh, horror, suspense, action movie, I guess. It's lots of weird... Oh, comedy as well. Um, lots of uh, different genres mixed into one. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't a huge film at the time when it got released. Um, like I say, it's become a bit of a cult classic. But it's a film that I've watched so many, so many times. I know every single line in that film. Um, it's my comfort movie when I just need something to watch that's going to cheer me up or um that you know just makes me feel great about life and uh Jack Burton for me he's such a he he, there's there's elements of him that remind me of me um in terms of someone that's just kind of coasting along and um getting by on by the skin of their teeth kind of fumbling their way into situations and getting away with it through sheer dumb luck and a little bit of skill sometimes <laughs> um you know eminently likable but still a bit of a twat um <laughs> and yeah I, ju- I just find the character um really endearing really funny um really dumb in some areas um but also a little bit i i love his bravado and his cockiness um uh I, yeah i just i just think he's hilarious and uh, i'm quoting him all the time um he's uh yeah he's just i just think he's uh, an incredible and not just a, a well written character as well just the way kurt russell plays him is just absolute absolute perfection um uh yeah so yeah he's my pick as the man no, basically for for a nerd fact at you which you're both probably well aware of but just in case anyone listening isn't um the reason why uh big trouble in little china wasn't very successful when it was first released was apparently because um american audiences hated the fact the the central character who was of course american uh was kind of made to play the fool um made yes, to look yeah. a bit of an idiot and traditionally yeah. in uh Amer- you know kind of big box office uh american films you know the american hero always comes out on top and yeah. this was apparently and he uh, does, well te- technically he does come out on top but he does well, it in yeah, a really kind of <laughs> he does kind of slapstick like, in a I mean, silly way. Yeah, but the exactly. point is, I think that, um, you know, the if you look at the typical heroes, you know, you've got your John McClane, you know, I can say, like the guys that I mentioned before, you know, all those guys are die in the wall, all American heroes can't put, a foot, can't put a foot wrong every time they shoot someone, it's an instant kill, like they're completely infallible, uh, as a, in terms of being an action hero, but. Yeah, he just kind of bumbles his way through stuff and gets a bit lucky sometimes and then does something quite cool at the end, which kind of makes you forget about every, all the mistakes that he made previously. So, 
Yeah, that that's is, always yeah, been a character that you, the America has sort of celebrated, though, hasn't it? I'm surprised you've said that, Dan, because the US has always sort of celebrated that. Even like just their sitcoms are about, you know, if you take, a, was it Married with Children, for example? I mean, that guy was a national. Yeah, well, exactly. hero. that's the whole Family Guy Simpsons aesthetic. But if you yeah. actually think, if you look at their action heroes, yeah, yeah. He, and he's playing, he's the the lead character in an action film, and I think it probably wouldn't have been as bad if it hadn't been for the fact that some of the the, the other female and male characters who are kind of you know uh, quite well known, um, you know, Asian kind of kung fu stars just mm. completely outshone him when it came to the fight scenes you know the, yeah. these were the guys that that did did most of the heavy lifting throughout the film and he was just the wise cracking kind of every man well, who was and, amazing and also, but, yeah yes yeah, and also in in the in the trailer as well to your point they i think the way that they cut the trailer was that that they literally showed him in every single sla- like nearly every slapstick moment in a film, so the bit where he shoots the ceiling and knocks himself out, or you know the bit where he's talking when he's got the lipstick on his mouth, so they they cut the the, the trailer to make him look like a fool. So yeah. I guess people kind of looked at that and went, "Why do I want to go and see this guy be an idiot? Like, is, is this a comedy or is it an action?" Like, so I think I, you're right. I people think, didn't quite quite get it, it. Yeah, no, and I think it potentially off the back of uh, Escape New York, which was, sorry, yeah, Escape exactly. LA. Was it LA? I get, always get the two No, was, New York was the first one. So this was, yeah, Big, Big Trump Little China was after um, Escape from New York and before LA. Great. So that, make, that, that makes even more sense that people would be expecting him to be, you know, an American badass because Snake Plissken, that, that, you know, he's, a phenomenally, you know, um, uh, yeah, he's a he, well, he's an American badass character, and he saves the world, and he, he is pretty much infallible and does amazing things. Where that's the complete opposite of uh, Kurt Russell in, in Big Trouble in Little China, and I think a lot of audiences weren't ready for that. I mean, I, I, I always kind of compare that to, um, it's not a similar character. He's a bit of a goofball in it, but like I can to like Eddie Murphy in The Golden Child, for example, he's by no means a, <laughs> like a moron uh, in that film at all. Do you know what I mean? He's just sort of very nonchalant and, you know, doesn't take anything seriously in, in that respect. Um, but I always yeah. kind of compare those two. Uh, yeah, that's a really good but, parallel. Yeah, I never thought yeah. of that one. Before. Yeah, no. That's, yeah, that's, that's a great that's film as well. Sure. My brother Numsi, what a genius movie! <laughs> I love that. Rec- I love that film. I haven't seen that film in ages as well. I know. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it recently, but I have no idea. I, that's one I've watched a lot. But I need to watch Big Trouble in China. It's been yeah, it's been a very very long time. Um, obviously, yeah. I, I thoroughly remember enjoying it. But um, so Daniel, is there is there a, a, an on screen hero for you that you are? Uh, uh, wish to emulate or who inspires you greatly? Snake Plissken. Hey, we all named Kurt Russell characters. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be superb. Um, Overboard. No. Um, <laughs> what's that? That Goldie Horn movie. Oh, Overboard. <laughs> I see, I was actually trying to think, trying to think what the name of that was, but um, yeah, maybe Damn. not. Oh, tango, um, no, Tango and Cash, there you go. Tango and Cash, that, that would have been the mature response from Tango and Cash. That's what I should have said. 
or, or the thing or you know that would be weird. yeah oh god it's like a hundred more more qualified That's movies fair. for that title sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but to be fair my choice is incredibly along similar lines as in the american anti-hero the the, the big uh wise talking um i don't know kind of slightly like a cliche of what an american hero should be but incredibly flawed and ridiculous with a with a lot of comedy chops um and i can you guys guess can you guys guess and see if any of you know where i'm going with this oh oh um uh that the guy the tall guy um uh Ash, yeah, okay. it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, um, and it probably wasn't, it was a bit later on in life, I think, that I kind of um, really discovered the Evil Dead franchise and 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 kind of everything, even even the actor, you know, Bruce Campbell, everything he's kind of done, um, even the video games and, and everything that he's where he's portrayed this character and other kind of kind of big goofy American anti-heroes who are always full of full of shit but have a good heart and and somehow man, manage to you know win through against the odds and yeah he's just he's just I mean um, I don't know if either of you watched well obviously I don't TJ doesn't really like horror but um, the I've seen I've seen Evil Dead uh, Part Two and Three. I think. Okay, no, I think actually, no, I've seen I've seen Evil Dead One as well. Actually, uh, yeah, it, it, it's so weird as, as a franchise that that Evil, basically Evil Dead Two was was basically a remake of Evil Dead One. Just they had they had a bigger budget and could do it better, but they didn't. Instead of rebooting, ah, okay. um, they they just kind of did it as as a bit of continuity. And then Army of Darkness was just bizarre. It was just something totally different. Um, and then Ash stars at the end of the Evil Dead, um, fairly recent, not that recent, remake that obviously starred a female in the Ash role. Um, and yeah, and, and now he's done... Um, Wait, what? Yeah. They remade yeah. Evil Dead 1, but Ash was recast as a woman. Well, not so much Ash is in like she's not oh, called the, Ash or anything like oh, that. Okay. It's just, just the, yeah, the the main the main kind of the, the, the title role is, is played by a woman and they've kind of obviously mixed it up. And oh, it's okay, quite gotcha. brutal yeah, it's quite a brutal horror film and, and then he went on to do Ash vs. the Dead, the T V series, and apparently well we don't know yet, but he's kind of said it's the last time he's gonna He's going to play that character on film anyway. He's still voicing the character in other uh, various mediums, but okay. yeah, I just and the more recent it, one is that more because it got a bit more comedy, didn't it? In like Army of Darkness and totally, yeah. So is it is it gone back to its kind of more scary roots, like from the first film? Well, Ash, so Ash versus Evil Dead is is a mixture. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, the, the, new, the newer one that you said that had the. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The new one isn't really part. It, 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 it's it's fully supposed to really be a reboot, even though oh, for okay. some reason Ash, it's it's in the same universe, I think, and Ash right. kind of uh, appears right at the end. 
Um, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, no, it's much. It's much more. Uh, it, it doesn't have much, much if any, comedy at all to it. It's not tongue in cheek. It's it's a very brutal horror film. And I think the first two Evil Dead's, even though they've got some great one-liners, um, as you say, they they're 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 a bit more horror where with a touch of comedy. Whereas by um, Army of Darkness and then the Ash yeah, versus Evil Dead pretty series, pretty. you know, that it is fully black comedy with lots of gore thrown in. Um, yeah, I remember the first one was actually I, I saw the second part. And I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. This is all right. I'll go and watch the first one. And I was like, oh, God, why did I do that to myself? Um, <laughs> and then I watched Army yeah, of Darkness. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's a bit more my speed. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one isn't great. I'll be the first to admit that, you know, I mean, it for for the budget they had and, and the kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of physical special effects they managed to do. I mean, you can see they, you, you, they're using things like plasticine and all kinds of weird and wonderful <laughs> you know, uh, homemade uh, effects. So it's kind of good from that perspective. Mm. But yeah, it's only when you get to kind of two, three and and, and all the kind of various different kind of games and spin-offs that have come since that mm. he really kind of, you know, found his voice. And even, it's it's really weird. It, it feels to me, I don't, if you see a film called Baba Hotep, where he plays Elvis um, in a care home, fighting uh evil mummy it's 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 a brilliant concept and it's a brilliant film but there's it always feels to me like bruce campbell and everything he does he's he's either 100 percent ash or 50 percent ash or 25 percent ash he he's, he's never anyone else he he really for- always is that character i forgot he was i forgot he was um only for like literally a split second but he was in spider-man the uh, first spider-man film um, I think was it the third? Oh, was he in all of them? I've seen the third one. I'm fairly sure he's in the third one. The third one. But he was in the first He was um the so when before he becomes Spider Man, Tobey Maguire one. Yeah. Before he becomes Spider Man, and he goes to the uh, the wrestling thing. Wrestling events makes the money, and he's the the guy that's running the show and like doing the announcing. I remember. So he's in there for like a blink and blink and you'll miss it moment. But yeah, he's popped up because I, I was watching a scene from it the other day because it's got that same scene with the Macho Man's in it. And, it, um, it makes sense. Obviously, it's Sam Raimi and Sam Raimi's, you know, the mates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. He's in the third yeah, one as well. He's the maitre d' or something, the the waiter. I think when, was it when Tobey Maguire was going to, unless I'm thinking of a completely different film, but he was going to propose uh, to Mary to, Jane. Uh, erase- Spider-Man 3 from my Oh, memory. yes, I remember you saying. But I'm pretty sure he, he is in it um, as, as the waiter. Right, right, right. Wow. <laughs> it's been a, since deleted Spider-Man <laughs> 3. Uh, yeah, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. I'll have to look out for that. So, Imran, what is your choice? Right. Well, okay. Um, and is it Kurt Russell? Yeah. Just it's saying, not Kurt Russell. <clears throat> it's just saying, we've set, we've set the bar pretty high. So, I mean, you've got Ash, <laughs> you've got Jack Burton... You know, you got to come in. You got to come in swinging right now. I'm going to go gonna with... be Raphael in one of the total films. <laughs> well, first, everyone knows Michelangelo is the best, and secondly, I'm picking Nicolas Cage in every Nicolas Cage role that there's ever been. That's Nicolas my... Cage <laughs> as Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> no, that it's not my pick. Um, my pick is 
what I would genuinely have to say, uh, it has been the biggest impact on me. And in ways Wait, I'm done. Is it, pri- is it Prince in Purple Rain? It's not Prince in Purple Rain. <laughs> 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 if we were talking music, like, yeah, yeah. It would be yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, is uh, it Alicia Silverstone in Clueless? <laughs> <laughs> it's Reese Witherspoon in the one that she did. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, uh, beautiful. Princess really. Diaries. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not that I've ever seen it. Uh, no. Anyway. Um, well, my pick is the, is the piece of fiction. 2019, you're allowed to watch those films. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, God. I've got something approaching you, God. That's okay. Um, yeah, this has been the okay. No one's interrupted. <laughs> the biggest sort of impact uh, on me, and I read the book when I was fourteen uh, before seeing the movie, and it was The Godfather. And uh, I don't even know where the book came from. It was a copy of the book we had in our home. Neither of our, my parents read it. I have no idea how, why, you know whose book it was, but it's really old. I meant to dig it out now just to check the year. It's a super old and real beat-up copy of it. Sorry, as a quick sidebar, you can edit this bit out, by the way. Am I the only one that had, like, a low... I, as you mentioned about this book just being in your house and you're not knowing who, where it came from. <laughs> I, we had, like, we had... I've read so many books that were in my house, I have no idea where they came from, who brought them in, and no one in my family knew. It's just, like, it's random books that just popped up from like somewhere that I ended up reading like Lord, like Lord of the Rings. I first read Lord of the Rings in my house. No one brought that. No one else in my family's read that book, but it was just in our house. Really See, some cats, Sorry. some cats bring dead mice. Some cats bring dead mice. <laughs> Your cats, cat brings books. stray books. <laughs> I really, I really enjoyed the works of J.R. Tolkien. So I thought you'd like it. Believe it or not, Peter, in, in my house, for some reason, and I don't know who had it, and I, I didn't actually. Re- I think I read about a couple of paragraphs, but I had we had Board of the Rings, which I think was a parody written by the the people who, oh god, the people who did Mad Magazine or something like that, or the people that did before they did Saturday Night Live. I don't know. I don't know some of those characters anyway. But that was in my house. I was like, where the hell did this come from? It's an American parody of Lord of the Rings. Weird. Anyway. Weird. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, Just don't know your, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, part. everyone. I'm, uh... <laughs> 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 I don't um, know where yeah. we are. I don't know where um, we are. So you were uh, saying that you found this book, you found Godfather. Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah, it, it, I didn't mean to add the mystique to it. It's just yeah. neither of my parents have ever bought it or read it. So I don't know where it came from. But um, yes, my, my ultimately my pick is uh, Al Pacino as Michael Corleone. Uh, everything mm. I'd seen up to that point was very clear cut in terms of, you know, you're goody, you know, you're baddie, you know, your hero, your villain, you know what good is, you know what evil is. And mm. uh, I, this is the first sort of piece of fiction that I ever consumed. And those lines are completely blurred. You know, we're, we're introduced to, uh, to Michael Corleone at the beginning of this film. He's an American hero. He's come back from fighting for his country. He has his uh, fiance with him that he wants to introduce to his family he has full disclosure with her. This is what my family do. I am not them. I want nothing to do with them. 
or their lifestyle. And he's completely open about that. He's done everything he can to escape this shadow of, of what that, what the Corleone family does and who they are. He's done everything he can, Mm. but then through a series of circumstances, he's invariably pulled back in to, uh, well, not back in, but pulled into uh, a world he did everything to run from, but it's this Mm. inescapable destiny that you can run from it, but you are who you are. And by the end of that film, you know, that full disclosure that he has with her at the beginning of the film is gone. And she's on the outside. And then that wonderful shot, she's on the outside of the office where the guy closes the door and he mm. completely immerses and, and becomes everything he didn't want to. And it's this thing that we watch it or you read it and you root for Michael. You, Michael is invariably your hero. He's he's the protagonist of this story and you want him to win. Mm. But by the end of the film, you have to acknowledge well, what does that mean for him? What does that mean for him to win? Because he is a killer. Everyone in his family is a killer. They're racketeers, they're extortionists, they're bullies, they're murderers. And there's no good guy in that scenario. There's no good guy in that film. And I just, I, I, I found it as a piece of fiction. I just, I was enthralled by the idea that the hero isn't the hero at all. And I just always found it. Yeah. It's, it's just sort of as a, as a complete, uh, um, uh, story as a complete structure. It's, it's just always completely enamored me in every way. And the, the fact so that study, it's study parody, family and family and responsibility and that, all, you know, all of those facts perfect. that, that yeah overtake your life yeah absolutely yeah yeah. it's exactly that and i just i just find it fascinating the fact it's been parodied as much as it has the fact it's the benchmark for and i'm not like a like a mafia specifically mafia fan like i'll consume any film that's mafia based but for me that that first film uh and the book which half of it is recreated in godfather 2 but um it's just that that character is always completely uh just enthralled me and um yeah it's it's yeah i don't know why it just always had the biggest impact for me from a story perspective and uh, from a what you considered a hero to be nice. that's my pick really yeah. good answer oh, really really good answer it kind yeah. of reminds me and i won't go off on one on about this but kind of like how i felt about the sopranos where you're you're effectively none of none of the characters really are particularly good uh, especially not tony but you're you're trying to hope that even though they're 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 indulging in these criminal enterprises and they're killing people, you try and you know you, you want them to you want them to succeed, and you're hoping that they have some kind of moral code or honor. And however bad they act, it, it's kind of like their their version of um, I don't know criminality. The way they act, the way what they do is the best version that you can get. As in, it's almost like it's inevitable that there's going to be gangs and families who are all vying for control. And, you know, if the Sopranos kind of maintain their status quo, you know, less people are going to be killed. There's going to be, you know, more honour and and fairer behaviour and and stuff like that, which isn't probably the reality at all. But it kind of, yeah, it just reminds me of, of, of The Godfather, where it's almost like you you empathize so much with the characters and then the lines begin to go, you know, go gray, they blur and you kind of realize, well, I shouldn't really like any of them, Mm. but you're still rooting for them. It's fascinating how, 
you know, from the Godfather has spawned a, a wave of TV shows and movies with that sort of grey area, or not even that grey area, you've got a bad guy as the hero of the piece. Um, to a certain extent, as you were talking about Sopranos, it just reminded me of um, the show The Wire, um, which I absolutely loved. And it was another one where you had a cast of characters, you had your cops and your and your drug dealers. But, you know, even the cops, as much as they were trying to do good, end up doing bad things. And the bad guys were, you know, in some cases, just trying to survive and having to do bad things to survive. And, you know, it's it, all of that, all of that sort of storytelling, uh, fictional storytelling spawned from the likes of The Godfather, didn't it, really? When you think back, how, how, when was that book first written? It was in the 70s, I think, the mid, film, probably mid-70s. Film, film yeah, mid-70s, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so a great choice. Great choice of character. Yeah, I don't know what, like, that kind of element of, like, it's never anything I've aspired to at all, but that element of power, I just thought, uh, it, it was just, yeah, just really kind of exciting. Like, before The Godfather, the coolest thing in the world for me to watch was... Uh, like a like Bruce Lee in a room with a hundred guys kicking the crap out of all of them and thinking wow that guy's the coolest but after the godfather it was the guy that sent those hundred guys in that became the coolest guy in the room for me you know and just that that level of power and authority it was just like it's just it just encapsulating just yeah always thought it was really kind of fascinating I have have a I have a (laughs) quick no I just I'm doing well. All, I've got a team of two at the moment. Place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, I got one final question for you guys about this topic. Um, yeah. Did Neo from the Matrix appear to you as a possible selection in any context? No. <laughs> no. Really? Why? I always thought he's kind no. of the the ultimate boyhood fantasy don't like in terms of that role of you're the one you're the hero you get the girl you save the entire world i know that's like 50 percent of movies but that kind of that well just into like when i was thinking about this subject i I was thinking about um characters i could kind of identify with which is why i chose jack burton because it's it's that there's a there's a human side to it that Mm. i can kind of identify myself with in that, you know, I, to people that know me and I'm comfortable around, I can and will act like a bit of a cocky twat. Like, yeah, I'm a badass and I can do anything and everything. And But the reality <laughs> is I just bubble my way through life. Um, and so that's, that's kind of why I, I think I love that character so much and why I identify with him. Whereas a character like Neo is like, Sure, you're you know kung fu and like you know you're the special one and yeah okay you're cool and everything but I don't feel like I, I and I'm rooting for you as I'm watching the film I'm like yeah go kick the Mister Anderson not Mister Anderson the dude with the glasses go kick his ass and go in Mister Smith yeah go and train with Morpheus and you know do all the shit but I'm not like hey that's me in movie form <laughs> that's, that's not uh. Yeah, mm. it's, it's not it's not not a type not the type of character I identify with, and I think that's what uh, I, that's where I was kind of coming from with my selection. Well, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I love Neo, and yeah, I mean, God, I, I would want to be Neo, but 
I, well, no, that's know. not saying I wouldn't want to be him. I mean, no, 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 exactly. If I could, if I could read uh, the Matrix, yes, and I wouldn't go save the world either. I'd be like, yeah, okay, now I'm just going to be the absolute boss of everything. So, okay. <laughs> right. so, so, so again, wow. I think he's kind of a punk for wanting to save the world. It's like if you have all that power, why not just control everything? I mean, duh. That took a turn. I didn't think we would go in that direction with Neo, but that's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna get really dark around there if I was Neo, put it that way. So, (laughs) see, see, I would go for like if I didn't choose Ash, I would choose Peter Venkman, or maybe, maybe potentially Indiana Jones because I think Indiana Jones that that was that. That was on my shortlist as well, actually. Because, yeah. again, it's a similar sort of thing. Again, it's the, you know, yeah, he's the hero, gets the girl, but he does and oftentimes feel like he bumbles his way through stuff as well. You know, he's, yeah, he's he, kind of born. He's, he's human. He kind of yeah. makes mistakes and he does it does it with, you know, and kind of covers it up with comedy. And, you know, he, he is just a human being. And, mm. you know, you, you kind of feel that. But he's... There's still, that, there's still that little bit of, like... A little bit of cockiness about him, but at the same time, you know, like you say, he does have his frailties and he does mess up and make mistakes, and you know, he's not all perfect, sort of thing. So, yeah. no, totally. Whereas with, with Keanu Reeves, I mean, you've got you've got Neo, and you've also got John Wick. Now, yeah. I, I'd love to be John Wick, but again, he's he's pretty much undefeatable. I know, I know, technically, without any spoilers, in the recent film. He, yeah, no spoilers. But okay, let's just say he doesn't always come out on top, but he still always survives, and he's still ready to fight the next battle. And um, yeah, whereas you know, I, I'd probably rather be um, uh, Bill uh, Ted from Bill and Ted version of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I think that's the thing as well. Is like that's not to say that having those Uber overpowered heroes is necessarily a bad thing. I think we do kind of need that sometimes. Someone that's just, just outrageously badass, like someone like the rock in the film. It's like, you know, there's absolutely, he's flawless. He's going to beat the bad guy. That's just the way it's going to be. End of story. Um, You know, yeah, you need those um, action heroes. I think that's, you know, biggest part of the whole genre. You yeah, mentioned yes, John McClane, yeah. and I, I really was going to pick John McClane. Um, mm. The only thing that's really weird about John McClane is every film he comes out on top, but by the time they, they restart his narrative and whatever part of the backstory they want to give leading up to whatever happens in that film, he's always, you know, his wife's left him again, his kids hate him, he's <laughs> lost right. his job. It's really weird. It's like they have to completely... Considering like how like what considering what he does at the end of each film, each time he beats the bad guys, he saves a bunch of people. This guy should be getting I don't know what the American version of a knighthood would be, but he should be getting some sort of like amazing (laughs) award, book deals, movie made about him, shitloads of money, and his wife should be forgiving of anything he does because hey, look, I'll save your life twice now, so shut the fuck up. But like, <laughs> yeah, he should be I mean? president of the United States by now. He yeah, exactly. really should be. But you're right. At the start of each film, it's like, yeah, wife's left him, and he's living in a shit apartment, and his boss hates him again, and his like, kids, no, kids no one, don't, no one don't knows like who he is. Him. His kids don't like him. Yeah, 
It's, it is quite ridiculous. <laughs> just like, dude, you need to you need to retire and go and go somewhere and do something else. Just not get involved in these shenanigans. Thankless <laughs> existence. Yeah. All right, excellent. Anybody want to quickly throw any other on their short list before we wrap up? Any other names that immediately spring to mind? Um, oh, I I just like to add uh, throw in uh, Jiao Yuying from uh, the TV show Dallas as uh, also oh, one of my fantastic. favorite characters. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you would. I thought you'd be Bobby. All about Bobby Yuying. <laughs> Every show, I want to find a way to get Dallas in reference in there. I watch from from here on out. This is going to be my thing. Do you know what? It was on my mind to, to bring Dallas into this, but I, I, I forgot. I, yeah, it slipped my mind. So no, that's my thing. Go get your own goddamn thing. So, right, Dynasty. Dynasty is a powerful <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, uh, thank you, gentlemen. Um, it's been a, an excellent episode uh, and fine, fine choices. Really, really great choices. Um, first thing I'm going to do is uh, bid our listener farewell and uh, get a copy Good of... Yeah, just yeah. Well, it's my mum. <laughs> it was a joke. And kept myself a copy of Big Trouble in Little China because it's been too long. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so there you go. Favorite movie stars solved. Nailed it. Next time uh, we'll be back um, soon with another episode of A Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Thanks very much for, for tuning in, gang. Please uh, feel free once again to visit us at foreverinelectricdreams dot com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Bye bye. See ya. It's all in the reflexes.